Finding that posture that is upright but relaxed. To whatever extent that you can, allowing the tension to just melt away, letting your body hang loosely around the upright skeleton. Breathing in, feeling the breath as it comes and breathing out, softening your face, your shoulders, your belly. Letting go into the present. Letting go of the past as much as you can. It can often take some time and some effort to fully arrive after a busy day of planning and traveling, registering, moving into the new room, seeing old friends, new friends. Our theme for the retreat is kind awareness, mindfulness, present time, non-judgmental, investigative, a curious attention. What's happening? Is my breath coming or going? What sensations are present? What emotions are here? and bringing the intention to be kind, an attitude of unconditional friendliness. Even when the mind is loud, critical, abusive, confused, meeting even those unpleasant mind states with as much friendliness, as much kindness as we can muster. Okay, loud mind. This too met with kind awareness. Okay, anxiousness feels like this. Held in a spacious intention of kindness. Present time, investigative. And even if we 
don't quite have the skill to be kind or compassionate yet, we continue to aspire to kindness, to incline our mind and our heart towards a friendly, accepting attitude towards ourselves. With each breath, with each sound that appears and dissolves. Each thought that passes through awareness, each emotion that moves the heart towards joy or sorrow, Taking a moment to reflect on your personal intention for this retreat period. You know better than anyone what needs to be seen more clearly, responded to more wisely in your own heart and mind, your life. It can be quite useful to have an aspiration, but an aspiration that you hold loosely without turning it into an expectation, but a long-term aspiration. to make some progress along this path of wisdom, of compassion.
May each one of us come to realize our own Buddha nature, our own awakened potential, to see clearly, to respond appropriately each moment, moment to moment. May our effort, our practice here in this retreat bring us closer and closer to the goal of awakening. And not only for our own well-being, but for the benefit and well-being of our communities, our families, for our children, for our ancestors. For our communities and cultures and societies. May we learn to embody and transmit wisdom, compassion, kindness. For the benefit of all beings in all realms, in all states, in all forms. from the inside out, starting here with this mind, heart, body,
Welcome to Spirit Rock. I'm sure you've already been welcomed a couple of different times and in a couple of different ways. But on behalf of the uh, teaching team, I want to welcome you again. Uh, for those of you who I haven't met, I'm Noah. And I'm joined by Joanna and Vinny up here on the stage. And then uh, Steve and Kate uh, are assisting us. They're both in uh, training, teacher training with us. And uh, Christine, uh, on my right against the wall over here, is our yoga teacher, yoga instructor for the retreat. I love being in this room. I've been coming to this room since they built it. I don't know how long that is now. It feels like 20 years, but maybe it's a little less than that. How many of you are, at, uh, are in this room for the first time? Welcome. A lot, of, uh, a lot of familiar faces, a lot of people that have been practicing with us for some time and um, some new faces. I'm curious how many people um, that are attending the retreat have no familiarity with uh, the three of us as teachers and you just saw it in the Spirit Rock catalog and it fit your schedule. You're in for a shocking, <laughs> shocking treat. As you can tell by looking at us, we're not the usual spirit rock teachers. And, um, but we're all trained uh, by Spirit Rock and empowered by Jack Cornfield and the, the lineage here. And we're, we're fairly traditional uh, Buddhist teachers, but we swear more than they do. Um, and so a disclaimer, I think one of us is gonna talk about the um, precepts and we'll talk about right speech and stuff later, but the karma's in the intention not in the word itself, and our intention in all of the F-bombs that we will drop throughout the week is usually just an exclamation point. Maybe a humorous uh, intention. How many of you are on your first retreat, first silent? Cool. My experience with retreat has been that, um, especially the early ones, was that I found it uh, really difficult. And that's not true for everyone. Some people come on retreat and they just love it. And they have a good time. Uh, usually the introverts, they're like, this is great. <laughs> Nobody's going to bug me all week. Uh, well, I had a difficult time my first like 20 or 30 retreats or so. 
got easier around 40 or 50 retreats in, I don't know. No, but, but especially the first, the first few retreats, I found it really difficult. But I also just had this core sense, and I hope that, I know this is true for many of you, um, that it was the good kind of difficulty that I was like having to face myself in a way that wasn't pleasant. And, um, but I just, I could tell right from the beginning that uh, there was hope here. Uh, even though my mind was abusive and loud and my body was uncomfortable and I just had a sense that like it was my best bet and a little bit of disappointment with the world like it's come to this (laughs) it's really this bad out there that I'm gonna come and meditate and I was uh, I wasn't proud of it It wasn't cool. In my circle, it was not cool. It was looked down upon. But I, I was desperate enough to just say, I, I have to do something. And, um, and the Dharma became so everything. It became everything to me. And um, has been for the last uh, three decades or so. And there's something about retreat that um, going into the noble silence and, and the schedule of sitting and walking and this has been so healing for me and so liberating and so, so much insight and so much suffering uh, and so much joy has come. And I, I really attribute a lot of the personal transformation uh, that I've experienced to the time I've done on the cushion. Of course, it's really important. The integration into our daily life is really important. But this opportunity that we have here for a week to be uh, in retreat, in the intensive uh, practice, is uh, it's a precious opportunity. And uh, for and for most of us, there'll be periods of real difficulty in it and periods eventually that will lead to real ease and and well-being and one of the things that i recently realized i've been doing these retreats for uh, 27 years or something like that and i started doing the walking meditation in the morning we'll give you the walking meditation instructions um, and I think that like a lot of people, I thought sitting was the real practice, right? Like the statues, rarely do we have walking Buddhas. We have sitting Buddhas, like that's the real shit. That's real meditation. And walking was kind of like something that you did or didn't, you know, like when you got tea. And, um, but uh, I, I started, I did the walk, I've been doing the walking, doing the walking. And uh, some of the um, biggest uh, insights and things that I had actually came not during sitting, but during walking practice and some way that the insights from the sitting were being integrated. And uh, Steve uh, and I worked together at my treatment center in Los Angeles. And um, he teaches EMDR, uh, eye movement, desensitization, desensitization reprocessing and the and he, he taught me this just last year um, and I, I've, I'm a 
I have a degree in psychology, but I didn't learn that when I was in school. And, and he taught me, we did this training, and he taught me that the, the core of EMDR is this bilateral attention, is healing trauma through bringing your attention um, back and forth. Uh, and so they do these finger wagging, and, and I realized, oh, I've been doing some, I've been doing this in walking meditation for almost 30 years by going right, left, right, left, and bringing my attention back and forth, and that I'd been doing this, and, and that one of the, I think really, he and I, I came to the Dharma with a, a bit of trauma, and, and that one of the things about not only the sitting and the concentration and the, you know, diving deep in the stillness, but the movement and the integration, uh, I feel like it actually really helped me resolve a lot of my trauma and suffering through the walking practice uh, in, the, in a similar way that I think happens with a skilled EMDR therapist. I don't know why I just shared that with you. Um, other than, uh, I, you know, the kind of retreat, because rarely in my daily life, I'll do a sitting practice in daily life, but rarely do I do a walking practice. Most of the walking formal kind of back and forth bilateral attention in this concentrated state happens for me when I'm on retreat. And so you just have this amazing opportunity to do a lot of sitting and a lot of walking uh, here while you're, while you're in this uh, retreat environment and container. So I'm, I mostly just want to say welcome, and I'm glad you're here. And um, sometimes we talk about that there's, there's two kinds of sufferings. There's the kind of suffering that leads to more suffering, or perpetuates and, and uh, creates more suffering. And at some point on the retreat, your mind might try to convince you that uh, you should leave, that this is the wrong kind of suffering that this like ache in your knee and loud mind and anxiety or whatever it is that might be coming up for you. And your mind might say like, I totally should have gone on vacation. <laughs> and, um, and then there's the kind of suffering, the difficult things that we do, that are actually the, the kind of, that's the good kind of suffering. It's the, good, the, the kind of suffering that will actually end suffering. And I've found uh, meditation retreat practice, dharma study, renunciation, all of those things that at, at some points are un difficult and unpleasant, but really it's the right kind of unpleasantness. It's the, it's the suffering that has the potential to end suffering. And so just a, a deep encouragement, uh, a bow to your effort and a deep encouragement to, to hang in there and to really, um, uh, if you're going to suffer, uh, to know this is the best place to do it. <laughs> it's the best kind of suffering that you'll experience here, and it really is the healing kind. And, uh, and also, it doesn't have to be all suffering. Sometimes you're going to have really pleasant, wonderful, enjoyable experiences, and some of you will have smooth sailing on retreat. It's not going to be like that for everyone, but usually uh, part of the path is some, some challenges. So uh, with that, I will turn it over to my colleagues. Hmm. Nice to see you all. Nice to be here.
fierce. Uh, like an honor. I think it is a privilege to practice that we have. It's a, a, a real noble and courageous thing to look inside and try to put an end to this war that somehow things should be otherwise. Yeah. So we come to this beautiful mountaintop And no matter how perfect they make this place, there'll be things that are challenging. Like my friend said, there's just no way to please people. And so there'll be a noisy roommate or the same breakfast or, you know, like not things that, uh, yeah, things to practice with, you can say, right? Because there's always things to practice with. We have families, we have people we work with, we have uh, huge parts of our lives. Sometimes it feels as though the path is fraught with obstacles or difficulties. Here we're just going to say anything that comes up uh, could be your, part of your practice, right? There's a part in uh, part of my my own history where I compartmentalized a lot of things and always thought, well, I'm going to get to that. You know, I'm going to get to that someday. Welcome to someday. Like you're literally like in the rolling hills of Marin. You know, the whole thing is set up. You don't have to really do much, but just tend to what's going on inside you. And, yeah, and so we're looking for a reliable refuge, right? Um, I want to talk a little bit about this word refuge. Mm. Mm. My first sense of the word is like a place to come into, right? Like a, a, a shelter of some sort. This is quite a refuge. And I took in refuge in many things over the course of my life. I took uh, refuge in relationships and refuge in uh, destruction and nihilism and um, even uh, tenderness and sentimentality were sometimes a place that I could go to for a certain feeling. I still use them quite often. But this refuge of uh, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha is uh, one I just want to spend a couple minutes talking to you about in this moment. When I first heard of this idea of uh, Buddha, Dharma, Sangha, this triple gem jewel that they talk about so beautifully, I had a sense that Sangha the community would just be a whole bunch of new people to be annoyed with. You know? Like, I was just like, yeah, I know people. Yeah, I, I have a bunch of people in my life like this. <laughs> so that, all right, let's check off Sangha. And then the Dharma, I was like, yeah, this is going to be like, I, I, 
you know, I dropped out in ninth grade. There's no way I'm going to be able to understand what the Dharma is so I can check that off. And then the Buddha, whilst really trying to love me, is ultimately going to be disappointed with me. You know, so I just superimposed how I had gone through my whole life with other paths and other religions and just thought that's the way it would be here. And once again, my thinking was a bit off. And uh, I found uh, Sangha to be a place that I could keep my agreements with myself and my community, a place of support, a reliable refuge. Uh, I found the Dharma to be... uh, I'm just uh, beginning to open it after, you know, my 20 years. And it's like uh, the suffering that I have seen ease up in my own life is the reason I'm sitting here with you. So the true nature of things, the Dharma. And then the word Buddha to me is really pointing at our own uh, deepest knowing, our own awakened uh, awareness. I like a a path that trusts me to know, you know. There's something really beautiful about that kind of confidence or faith that if we all sit together, uh, insights will arise. So we'll do our best to guide that process And, uh, and do our best to be in it with you. How many people feel hungover from the busyness of life? Yeah, yeah. So the first day or so is just going to be just like a rival, you know, and our nervous systems will begin to unwind a bit and we'll find more and more of ourselves here if we welcome it. So just keep... uh, We like to use this word welcome and it's to welcome all the different parts of ourselves, right? right? The parts that we love and the parts that we've been trying to change for decades. Right? The parts that I share and the parts that nobody knows. So I really would love to welcome all of that um, so we can do this work together. Yeah. So that's what I have to say uh, on this opening night. And uh, again, good to see you all. I realize when I walk into a room like this, I get this over-enthusiastic joy (laughs) that uh, makes me want to smile and look at everyone's eyes. And so I find when I walk into a room, first I want to do that. So excuse me if I was doing that and anyone felt uncomfortable with it. But um, we might not get to do that again for the rest of the retreat, since we'll be going into noble silence starting in a few minutes. (laughs) 
So thank you for letting me look you in the eyes. And what I would actually like to encourage right now, um, since we will be going into noble silence, and a really individual exploration, our own inner journeys, but at the same time, we're not doing it alone. You're here with 94 other retreatants. Um, so there are times that we can feel like our eyes are closed and we're in silence, um, but you have people next to you. You have people that you're eating with, that you're walking with, that you're sleeping near. Um, so I'd like you to just maybe look around you right now. It might only be at the people that are directly next to you. The ones, as Noah pointed out, with you might be annoyed with at some point during the retreat. <laughs> you know, your roommates are here, your dining companions are here, fellows, you know, on the path. This is your Sangha. This is your Sangha until October 2nd. <laughs> so, yes, this is a deep, intentional, internal journey. And a big part of why we can do that and uh, the container that we're creating here for each other is in the safety that's provided with certain traditional aspects of this path. We are allowing ourselves to drop maybe a guard and a protectedness that we put up out in the world I know for me right now, it is not easy out there. You know, I don't know how it is for y'all, but I am not loving the news right now. I am not loving how others are treating others. Um, it's t sort of tough to live in this country. It's tough to live on this planet. And so we're coming in with that. I know for me, it's like, you know, I lose sleep over it. And so here we come into this container that we're creating to allow ourselves to get to maybe sort of put that down for a little while. This is our monastery. So in this monastery, um, like I said, there are guidelines that have been set up that are set up in all monasteries across the world uh, that give us these things to hold on to to help us be more kind to both ourselves and others. And so there are these five traditional guidelines. And I'm going to tell you what they are. And we're going to actually take the refuges that Vinny spoke about and these precepts, which we call them together, when I'm done talking about them a little bit. Um, and these are, like I said, just ways to hold each other and ourselves in more kindness. Um, so the first one, and I'm only halting because I've seen multiple beautiful long-legged spiders walk across the floor while I've been sitting here. And the first one is to not take the life of another living being. So here we are on this beautiful land with, like Ramona pointed out, there are turkeys everywhere. There are deer everywhere. Uh, you'll see all kinds of living beings out there. And one of the reasons they feel so safe here is because they know that their lives are safe. Nobody's out. We're not having a Thanksgiving dinner with a turkey on the platter at Spirit Rock. So one of the things that we're encouraging as people are here on retreat is to really pay attention to 
um, how it is to live with others and to not cause harm. So hopefully, you know, our, these bodies are safe from real harm, but also the other beings here. It's easy to kill out of fear, right? It's easy to just like swat something or squash something. Um, but what we're asking you to look at is what is our intention behind uh, feeling the need to extinguish the life of something else. So that's the first one, to not take um, the life of any other living being. The second is to not take what isn't freely given. So basically it would be stealing. One of the things that's nice also about showing up on the land, being in retreat, is I can pretty much know that my stuff is safe. I can put my water bottle down. I can put my shoes down. I can walk around feeling like um, I don't have to lock things up, although I think, unfortunately, things are being locked up here now. I think, do you have locks on your doors here? No, yeah. But imagine if we lived in a community where we didn't need to worry about that. It's a really nice thing. So this is what we're offering to each other here, is keeping each other's stuff safe. So you can put it down and know it'll be there when you come back. The third precept, um, which is worded in many different ways, but on retreat, it is taking the precept to be celibate. So we're asking for the freedom and the liberation to not have to worry about your sexuality at all. Like, who does that feel good to and who does that feel bad to? (laughs) So uh, for me, it feels like a really nice relief not to have to flirt, not to have to look sexy or great, not to have to talk in any sort of way to anybody, to just get to put that down for a few days. To get to put down the, maybe, um, the need to show ourselves in a posture or a way that is effortful and it takes ourselves out of ourselves. So just paying attention to that interest in flirtation. There's this really beautiful way on retreat. Like I said earlier, we're not speaking to each other, but attractions abound. There's so much beauty in this room, right? And especially as the days go by and somebody's practice, their back is straight, they walk really perfectly on that path, you know. It's like the way that the sun catches their hair, that one hair on their head you've been watching all week. Our sensuality gets peaked on retreat. Everything comes more alive. So each other is going to become more alive too. So enjoying the beauty of the aliveness of sensuality, like that's okay. And having the really nice um, experience of not needing to do anything about it while you're here. The fourth is um, this idea of taking noble silence while we're on retreat. And so noble silence, which we'll be going into now officially, means that we're we're no longer speaking You will have um, interview periods, meeting periods with teachers. There will be question and answer periods. But other than that, we're putting our voices down for now. 
That does include a lot of eye contact. Um, this is questionable for some people. So eye contact can oftentimes be used as ways of communication. So just watch how you might be reaching out of your internal experience and needing to grasp somebody or somebody else's. Just through your eyes, it might even be sometimes you're opening the door for somebody and you're like, aren't I nice for opening the door for you, right? And we're looking for some kind of approval or gratification. And just checking that out in ourselves, what our need is, how we often need to connect. And not saying that connecting is a bad thing. Not at all. It's beautiful. But here we're working the process of what it's like not to. We're going to have a ceremony tomorrow morning, Ramona might have talked about it, where you get to turn over your technology. Um, it can be very tempting to check in. And if you'd like to take the break, a true break from technology, which is the invitation here anyway. I mean, we ask that all phones be turned off. We don't want to disturb anybody. Um, that's the request. But if you really want to turn them over, in the morning, tomorrow after the sit, we're going to do a, a cell phone turning in ceremony, so bring them with you if you'd like to do that for support. So journaling, reading, photography, all those ways that we might be trying to communicate with the world, see if you can put it down right now. All the ways we're trying to distract, see if you can put it down right now. Again, this isn't supposed to be punishment or any way of um, judging each other, but just a way of seeing how we use external vices to um, not experience the internal. And then the last one is staying free of all intoxicants while you're here on retreat. If you're on any sort of medication, please continue to take your medication. It's very important. Um, but anything that would cloud the mind, that checks you out, that numbs you, um, we're asking that you just don't do here on the retreat week. Yeah, so, that, so that's it for those guidelines. Does anybody have any questions about that? Now would be a good time to ask if so. Cool. So we are now going to take these refuges and precepts. We'll do them call and response. Uh, the refuges we're going to do in the Pali language. Um, and again, like I said, we'll, we'll call and respond, so I'll, I'll say them and you can respond. And then the precepts we will do in English. And holding your hands in prayer is totally optional. This is not something you need to do. Um, I do it. It's not some, please don't feel obligated <laughs> um, just because you see certain of us up here doing it. Namo, Tasa, Bhagavato, Arahato, Sama, Sambuddhasa. Now I'm going to say a little bit more. Namo, Tasa, Bhagavato, Arahato. Sama Sambuddhasa. Sama Sambuddhasa. 
Namo Tassa. Namo Tassa. Bhagavato Arahato. Bhagavato Arahato. Sama Sambudasa. Sama Sambudasa. Namo Tassa. Bhagavato Arahato Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambudasa Sama Sambudasa Dutyampi Namataso Dutyampi Namataso Bhagavato Arahato Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambudasa Dutyampi namo tassa. Dutyampi namo tassa. Bhagavato arahato. Bhagavato arahato. Sama sambudasa. Sama sambudasa. Dutyampi namo tassa. Dutyampi namo tassa. Bhagavato arahato. Sama Sambudasa Sama Sambudasa Tatiampi Namo Tassa Tatiampi Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambudasa Sama Sambudasa Tatiampi Buddham Oops, sorry Tatiampi Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambudasa Tatiampi Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambudasa Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the commitment to protect life. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the commitment to only take what is offered to me. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the commitment to abstain from sexual activity on this retreat. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the commitment to be in noble silence. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the commitment to abstain from intoxicants while on this retreat. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. So with these... We land officially on retreat.
I encourage everybody to go outside and just check out where you are, look up at the sky, take some deep breaths. It's so beautiful here. If you haven't really had a chance to land doing that, and then getting a good night's sleep, knowing that um, oftentimes when we've been very busy, slowing down, we can feel far more exhausted um, because we're realizing how fast we've been moving. So enjoy your rest. Uh, We'll see you here in the morning for the first morning sit, which will be in silence. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.